Hello, and welcome to The Dad Train, where we explore ideas and strategies on how to be a better man, a better partner, and a better dad. I'm your host, Scott Davison. I hope you enjoy this episode and learn something new. Hi guys, Scott here, and uh, welcome to episode 10 of the Dad Train podcast. It's a bit of a different episode today. I've got no guests today, it's just me. Uh, And what I wanted to do was share some content that I put together recently on the topic of emotional intelligence for dads. Now, this was something I was asked to present at one of the local dad groups, and it it was really well received. So I've, I've also written a blog post to go along with this. And um, I've uploaded the video presentation from that event. So if you want to check those out, you can go to thedadtrain.com slash 10. But for those who like their content in audio format, I wanted to create a podcast version of the presentation as well. So what we'll be covering is a very quick overview of emotional intelligence, but then we'll get into some practical tips and I'll share five ideas that you can start doing today to improve your own emotional intelligence as well as five ideas um, that you can use to help your children develop their emotional intelligence. Okay, so let's get into it. This is episode 10 of the Dad Train podcast on emotional intelligence for dads. Now, this area of emotional intelligence and emotions in general, it's an interesting one, but it's not something us guys are traditionally very good at talking about. Um, The reality is we all have emotions and we all have different emotional styles. This can be influenced by various factors like genetics or culture, our upbringing and our personalities. My wife and I, for example, have very different uh, emotional styles. I'm not just talking about the normal male-female differences, but much, much deeper differences in our emotional styles. Uh, my wife, Argus, she is Argentinian, so she comes from a, a Latin culture where they're very passionate and very expressive with their emotions. I come from a Australian, British-type background, so we're a bit more reserved, and I, I certainly grew up um, learning to sort of keep my emotions to myself or, um, in some cases, hide them. And to be honest, to a large extent, that, that served me quite well, um, However, when I became a a dad and a husband, that's when I realized that uh, I had a bit of a weakness in this area and I needed to get better at um, understanding other people's emotions and being able to empathize. So I started looking into this area of emotional intelligence. And it's a really, really interesting area and it's a really important skill for us to develop as partners and, and as fathers. So I think it's a good one for us to look at. It's interesting because the the concept of emotional intelligence is is a relatively new one. It was only really in the 1990s that psychologists started looking into this idea of uh, a second type of intelligence, emotional intelligence. And it was Daniel Goleman who published a book in 1995 that sort of brought the idea into the mainstream. And in that book, he describes this concept of having two, two different brains or two different types of intelligence, rational and emotional. Now, whilst we don't actually have two different brains, what we do know from science is that the these two types of intelligence take part in very different parts of the brain. So our rational thinking, that happens in the upper brain, in the neocortex, so the, the part of the brain that's more evolved in humans than what it is in other animals. 
Whereas the emotions, they, they happen in the, in the lower part of the brain, in the reptilian part of the brain. So whilst it's not actually two different brains, they are very different parts of the brain and they develop these intelligence de- develop in very different ways. So it's quite possible that you can have uh, really high uh, rational intelligence, IQ, and a really low emotional intelligence, which is EQ, or vice versa. We can probably all think of people like this who are very um, intelligent in the traditional IQ sense, but perhaps have poor social skills or make terrible life decisions, and vice versa. We might know people who uh, aren't considered intelligence in the IQ sense of the word, but have really good street smarts and are really good with people and social situations. So they're quite different types of intelligence. And as I say, you can have one without the other. The other way these two types of intelligence vary, which is important, is that our IQ is largely fixed, or at least it's it's very hard to change your IQ. Whereas EQ, emotional intelligence, this is something that can very easily be developed. In, in fact, it's something that tends to develop as we um, get older and mature. So it's it's a really good one for us to focus on because it's something that we can um, develop in ourselves and also something that we can teach to our children. So with that in mind, let's look at a few practical ideas on how we can start to develop this skill. Now, my philosophy on parenting is always start with yourself. So before you can teach something to your children, it's important that you can learn that yourself and then model it to them. So firstly, I want to share five ways to improve your own emotional intelligence. The first one is about building your self-awareness. So this is about tuning in and recognizing emotions in yourself, so recognizing your own emotions. And there's there's lots of different ways you can get better at this. Uh, a few ideas uh, I could share, for example, some people like to do meditation or mindfulness as a way to start to observe uh, their feelings and emotions. Or you might like to keep an emotions journal or a mood book where you jot down during the day different feelings that you've had just by starting to observe them not judge them or necessarily try to do anything with those emotions, but just observe them and note them down. It's a really good way to start recognizing the emotions and labeling them. The second idea is really a simple one, but uh, a really useful one, which is talk about your emotions. Now, this is something, as I say, that guys are not traditionally very good at, but we should be. We should talk about our emotions. So start talking about your emotions with your partner, with your kids, but also with your mates. Just talking about them is a really good way to start to get a better understanding of your own emotions, and it also triggers a conversation that helps you start to recognize other people's emotions as well. Number three, use your body. So what I'm talking about here is the link between physiology and emotion. And there's two different ways you can use your body to improve your emotional intelligence. So the first one is about using your body to recognize emotions. So most emotions will have a physical reaction in your body, and it often happens really quickly, maybe even before you realize you've got that emotion. So by tuning into your body, you can start to recognize these reactions. Think of uh, blushing when you're embarrassed or butterflies in your stomach when you're nervous, or even when you're angry and your pulse goes up and uh, you get an adrenaline rush. These are examples of physical reactions in our bodies to emotions. So as I say, by tuning into your body and recognizing those physical triggers, 
uh, you can start to be more aware of your emotions. But what's really interesting is that just as emotions will trigger physical responses in our body, the opposite is also true. And we can actually use our body and changes in our physiology to trigger emotional responses. Let me give you a really quick, simple example of what I mean. And if you uh, can play along at home, please do. If you've got a pen, pick up a pen and put it between your teeth. But if not, just put a big, silly grin on your face. Big, silly grin and put your shoulders back and sit up straight. If you're driving the car at the moment, hopefully the person in the uh, car next to you is looking at you a bit strangely. Keep that big smile on your face. Keep your shoulders up, back. And as you've got this big grin on your face, now just try and think of sad thoughts. Try and be sad while you're smiling. It's actually really hard to do, right? And the opposite is also true if you were to put a frown on your face and drop your shoulders and um, a sad posture. It's actually really hard to be happy when you're in that posture. Now, that's just a really uh, simple example, but I use that as a way to demonstrate the point. What, what's happening there is that your body is sending a signal to your brain to say, I'm happy or I'm sad. And it's, and it, it's quite a powerful message in that simple example. There's been a lot more research done into this area of um, the link between physiology and emotions. Uh, so if you've got time and you're interested, I'd recommend you go and check out a TED Talk by Amy Cuddy on power poses. And in this TED Talk, she goes through some of the research they've done looking at how changes in our body posture can have a direct impact on our hormones and our emotions. So that's a really good one to check out, and I'll include a link to that in the show notes. But just by being aware of this link between our bodies and our emotions, you can start to use your body to regulate and manage your emotions. So if you're feeling stressed, get up and take a walk. If you're nervous or angry, taking a few deep breaths, that's a really good example of using your body as a way to regulate your emotions. So start to think about um, how you can use your body to manage emotions. Let's move on to number four, the fourth way to improve your emotional intelligence. And again, this is to do with uh, bodies, but what we're talking about here is practice reading other people's body language. So as we saw in the previous example, emotions will often uh, show up in the body. So if we can get really good at reading body language and facial expressions in other people, it's a really good way to recognize emotions. Perhaps before they've even realized, you can pick up some of these um, physical signals in the body. Now, there are different ways to practice doing this. There's an online test you can do where they show different pictures of facial expressions, and you need to try and guess what the emotion is. I'll include a link to that in the article. Another really good trick is the TV trick. So the way this works is you watch TV on mute with the volume down. Now, I'm not talking about watching sport or the football, but maybe a drama, something with a bit of a storyline. And with the volume down, you try and follow the storyline and try and read the emotions of the characters just by observing their body language. It's a really good way to uh, develop your empathy and this ability to read other people's body language. So try that one out. Now, the fifth and final tip on how to improve your own emotional intelligence is probably the simplest, but also the most powerful. And it's called the two-second rule. What we're talking about here is the power of the pause. The next time you're in a situation where you feel perhaps your emotions are rising, or maybe you notice that the other person is getting a bit emotional, you can employ the two-second rule, which is this. Pause 
for just two seconds before you respond. That two seconds is just long enough for your rational brain to catch up with your emotional brain, and it could be the difference between reacting and responding. So start using the two-second rule as a way to improve your emotional intelligence. Okay, so they're the five ways we can improve our own emotional intelligence. The next question I always get asked is, how can we help our kids develop their emotional intelligence? The good news is it's a really easy skill to help our children develop at whatever age they are. So here are five ways we can start to do that. The first one is about modeling the behavior yourself. As I said earlier, this is always the best way to teach something to a to children. So if they can see you managing your emotions, recognizing your emotions, talking about your emotions, it's a really good way for them to start to deal with their own emotions. So just by modeling emotional intelligence, you're automatically teaching that skill to your children. Number two, validate your kids' emotions. This is really important. I had an example of this the other day. I went in, um, our two-year-old started crying in the middle of the night and I went in and he was he was almost hysterical and he was very scared about this uh, embroidered um, cat that's on one of his bedsheets. Now, that, that embroidered cat has always been there, but for some reason, he was very scared of it in this moment. And I could have said, come on, Luca, don't be silly. Uh, that cat's always been there. You can't possibly be scared of it. But they're his emotions and they're real. The reality is we don't choose our emotions. None of us control our emotions. We don't control what we feel. We can control how we respond to that, but the actual feeling itself is not something we control, but it's real. So whenever your child is experiencing an emotion, always start by validating that emotion and never ever dismiss it or tell them that they're silly for feeling what they feel. Number three, role-playing games. So role-playing games is a really good way to teach children empathy because they're putting themselves in someone else's shoes and they're seeing the world through someone else's eyes. Uh, Reading fictional novels is another good way of doing this. So start using role-playing games or fictional novels as a way to help your children develop the skill of empathy. Number four, talk about emotions. Again, really simple but really effective. And whatever you age your children are, it's really good if you can get them talking about their emotions. Now, there's different ways to do this depending on the age of your children, but some parents like to use the best and worst conversation. So at the end of the day, you ask your children to share what was the best thing that happened to them and what was the worst thing that happened to them that day. That's a really good way to trigger a dinner time conversation that you can then ask follow-up questions about how they felt and how that made them feel. Or Perhaps with younger children, just talking about uh, books or TV shows or even what, what you're watching on the news is, is a way to ask questions about what they think that person might be feeling and helping them to talk about those emotions and then relating that to have they ever felt that emotion. So looking for opportunities to talk about emotions and feelings with children is, is a great way to help them develop their emotional intelligence. The fifth and final one is emotion charts. Now, this is a tool that you can use for those conversations. Uh, And again, it depends on the age of your children. There's different emotion charts available. You might have seen those ones with pictures of uh, smiley faces and frowning faces. So they're really good for younger kids. You can get them to point to or circle the emotion that they've been feeling, and then you can help them label that and talk about it. 
or for older kids or even for adults, I've developed a tool for the dad train, which is called the dad train feeling wheel. And this is a wall chart that has over 130 different emotions on it. And they're all linked to the seven core emotions. So it's a really good tool to use uh, when you're talking with your kids about emotions, or perhaps when you're doing an emotions journal and you're wanting to improve your own emotional vocabulary, it's a really good way to expand that. It's interesting, but men tend to have smaller emotional vocabularies than women. So this is a good way for us guys to increase our emotional literacy. If you're interested in that, uh, you can go to the dadtrain.com slash feeling wheel and you can download a high res version that you can print off and put on your fridge or on your wall and use it as a tool to talk about emotions with your children. Okay, so there you have it. That's five ideas for us and five ideas to help our children develop their emotional intelligence. But really, we've just scratched the surface there. So if you do want to learn more, please go and read the article, the blog post that goes along with this and the video. I've uploaded those at thedadtrain.com slash 10. And I've also included in that article links to some of these resources I mentioned, such as that online test for reading people's facial expressions, the book by Daniel Goleman and that TED Talk by Amy Cuddy. They're all included in that article. That's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed that and learned something new. Well done taking some time to start looking at this area of emotional intelligence. It's a really important skill for us to develop as men and as dads. So thanks for listening. Again, if you want to read that article or watch the video, please go to thedadtrain.com slash 10. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please make sure you subscribe and leave a rating or a review wherever you're listening to this. And more importantly, please share the show with any dads you know who may be interested. And until next week, good luck on your journey to be a better man, a better partner, and a better dad. I'm Scott Davison, and you've been listening to The Dad Train.